0: Do you have somebody in your life that's just a great example of faith? Maybe it's somebody in your family. Maybe it's somebody that you interact with at church or just in your everyday life. Maybe it's kind of an example that you think of when you think of faith from the Bible. Now, in the Old Testament, first half of the Bible, there's this guy named Elijah. Now, Elijah was a prophet, which means he spoke on behalf of God. And he interacted with this king named King Ahab. Now, King Ahab was a bad dude. He didn't honor God, and Elijah had to go talk to him. Can you imagine being kind of a prophet and saying, hey, I speak for God, and you could kill me. Like, that's not a great situation to get in. And he goes in, and he says, hey, King Ahab, since you don't honor God, you don't do what God wants you to do, God isn't going to let you prosper. He's not going to let it rain or even have a dew on the ground for the next few years if I give the word. Can you imagine going and have, having to have faith that God is going to get you through that situation with a powerful king. He said, hey, God doesn't like you like, or what you're doing, so you're in trouble. And so the thing is, Elijah prayed, and there wasn't any rain for three and a half years. That's quite a drought. And then God told, Hey, Elijah, go talk to Ahab again. So Elijah ends up going and talking to King Ahab and they have this epic showdown. It's awesome. They keep one upping each other and kinda of arguing. It's in first Kings eighteen. Go check it out sometime. It's great. But Elijah and Ahab, they're really having it out. They're arguing. They're they're going at it. And finally, Elijah prayed for God to send rain. He prayed, and he prayed actually after seven times of praying, somebody who's there with Elijah says, hey, I think I see a little cloud out there. And this is how Elijah responded. I love this little cloud, just a little little guy. And he says, hey, King Ahab, you better get home. It's about to storm. Mm. Elijah's this normal guy. And he's this human being, and he has this amazing faith in God, that God is going to do what he says he's going to do, even if it's just a little cloud that wasn't even there when I started to pray. That kind of faith is kind of inspiring. Now, we're in our last Sunday in our summer series that we've been calling Legit, and we've been going through the book of James talking about real and authentic faith and what it looks like to kind of live our faith out. And today we're going to talk about the type of faith that Elijah has. You know, the type of prayer life that can, that can make it rain. And I don't mean like dollar-dollar bills. I know it kind of sounds like that, you know, a little bit kind of like make it rain with money. That's not what I mean. Like the type of power that God would have in your prayer life. Now, I heard somebody recently call James the ouchie book, and it wasn't one of my daughter's. The reason they call it an ouchie book is it challenges us, kind of gets up in our faith, like we don't like it. It doesn't kind of let up. It just keeps hammering at us. And one of the main themes in the book of James is the way you live kind of shows your faith. Your actions speak louder than just what you believe or what you say you believe. And throughout the book of James, he's reminding us over and over and over again that no matter what you're going through, including really, really hard stuff. The people who got this letter from James were going through really, really difficult things. He's reminding us that no matter what you're going through, loving God and loving others is the way to show your faith. Every area of our lives reveals something about our relationship with Jesus. The way you talk, the way you walk. I don't have another thing that rhymes with "awk," but it should. Like the way, what you eat, what you wear, how you interact with other people, everything—always that reveal your relationship with Jesus. And James is kind of wrapping up this letter. He's talked about loving God, loving others, having real faith, and he ends with this concept that wraps everything up in a really kind of cool way. So here's the main point that we're going to be talking about today: your prayer life reveals your faith life. James is saying everything you do, including the way that you pray, the way you interact with God, reveals your faith life, reveals what's going on inside of you, reveals your heart. It shows something about your relationship with Jesus. Have you been out to dinner with somebody, you know, and you're having just a normal conversation you're talking about like the latest movie or whatever. You're like, hey, did you see Black Widow? Like, I don't like how they ended it. And spoiler alert. And you're like arguing about it. Just a normal everyday conversation. You know, waiter comes up, you order, and then they go, and then they bring your food. And you're like, hey, yeah, uh, will you pray for us? And then you get into prayer voice. You ever notice that? You have a prayer voice? This is what prayer voice sounds like. Like, oh, God, like heavenly father, Lord Jesus. And then you add like like four or five syllable words. And you're like benevolent, Lord like, omnipotent Father Jesus, and you're like, what? What? Like, I'm not tracking with you. Like, I don't talk that way. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying, why you're saying that, you know? Have you ever interacted with, with somebody kind of like that? You know what's really fun is preaching about prayer, and then at the end of the message, praying? That's super fun. You got that to look forward to. I have that to look forward to. It's like, oh, man, what are all the things that we just talked about? Now, prayer can be a kind of intimidating thing to us at times. I've met a lot of people who want to pray well. I don't know very many people who think that they're crushing it. That's probably a good thing. And our prayer lives really do kind of reveal what's going on in our faith life. So what types of things do you pray about? When do you pray? How do you pray? Why do you pray? What do you expect when you pray? All of those things kind of reveal something about what's going on in our hearts. And James is at the end of this letter, and he lays out some of the answers to those questions. You know, when we should pray, how, why. And it's helpful, I think, and it really challenges me. As I've kind of read through this letter over and over and over again as we've been talking through it over the summer, this is incredibly challenging to me. So check this out. And as I read the next couple of verses, see if you can pick out the examples that James gives us on when. When should we pray? So here we go. This is James 5, starting 13. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. That's a version of praying too. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Did you, did you find any when in there. So we're going to stop there, going to slow down. Let's highlight some of them. This is the first one he says. Hardships. When difficult stuff is going on in your life, no matter what is going on in your life, if it's really, really hard, he says, hey, you should pray. That's pretty simple. He says, right, no matter what. If it's hard, you should pray. Well, what else does he say? Well, if you're happy, So he's covering his bases. That's both sides of things. If things are really, really hard and you're really, really sad, if it's really, really frustrating, if you're really, really happy, no matter what, no matter where you're at, you should pray. And he has another one here. He says, hey, if you're sick, if you're not feeling well, if somebody else that you know isn't feeling well, no matter what, no matter how you feel, no matter your circumstance, no matter what's going on, if you're frustrated, if you're sad, if you're happy, if things are going well, if things aren't going well, you should pray. Here's kind of another way that he he says it. This is kind of the the way that I think about it. Do you pray in all circumstances, no matter what's going on? Now, A couple weeks ago, I wasn't feeling well, which is super fun still. Like any time that you like clear your throat, people glare at you and stuff. And I wasn't feeling great. Turns out I had strep throat. and That's no joke. And I'm one of those people that when I'm sick, I am pathetic. Like, I'm just miserable. And so I'm there, I'm laying on the couch, I'm looking pathetic. And my five-year-old daughter, Eliza, she comes over and she starts patting me on the hand. You know, she said, it's okay, Daddy. Are you going to (laughs) die? Because I look like it, I'm sure. But then she said this, and I love this, the purity of this. She said, hey, I think you'll be okay. I prayed about it. I'm like, oh. I mean, to be fair, she also said, are you going to die? I mean, so it kind of balances it out. But when should we pray? In the hard stuff, in the good stuff, in the sickness, everywhere in between. So when do you pray? Do you pray in all circumstances? That's a challenging question, isn't it? And my honest answer, my honest answer is, I pray in some circumstances. I actually tend to pray the most when things aren't going well. And sometimes it might be something as simple as like, yeah, there's a really long line at Starbucks and I kind of want to get through it or something like that. But like on days I'm really struggling, that I'm really frustrated, that I'm like, God, what are you doing? Like those are the days actually that I tend to pray a little bit more. And you should. I think, remember hardships? Like he's saying, if hard stuff is going on in your life, you don't know where to turn. If you don't know what to do, pray. Pray in all circumstances because your prayer life reveals your faith life. But if you're like me, I think it's easier to accept, you know, I should pray, I should thank God for the good things, I should pray all the time. But then it's harder to know how. Like, how do I go about doing this? Like, what does it even mean to, to pray? And I, if we look closely, if we kind of slow down for a second, I think James helps us with that question too. He, he talks about when, but he also can talk about how. So let's go back to verse 14. Are any of you sick? That's a win. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you'll be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Now, if you're like me, sometimes, like when you're reading, maybe you're reading through the Ridge Reading Challenge, you're reading through your Bible, and you just kind of like, yep, 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 scroll, 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 done. You don't necessarily slow down. So I kind of want you to slow down, because I think he gives us four examples, just in a couple verses of how to pray. So we're going to highlight, then we're going to put them right up here on the screen. He says we can pray with other people in our church, in our community, people, that we know, that love us, that love Jesus, just right there. Just other people pray for each other, with each other. He says that a couple of times, actually, in these verses. So, in community with each other, that's one how. What's another one? Well, he says, in the name of the Lord. It's Jesus he's talking about there. Like just in Jesus' name. So that's another way. There's are two. What else does he say? In faith. So not in our own power, not just because we think we should. It's because of our faith, because of our relationship with Jesus that we pray. That's an important one. We're going to come back to all of these. So here's, here's the last one. What else does he say? Confess. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. He says that again. He makes it so simple. I'm like, I can, I can kind of do those things, I think. So when should you pray? In all circumstances, all the time. How should you pray? You should pray with other people. You should pray in Jesus' name. You should pray in faith. You should pray in confession. So we're going to break these down. We're going to go one by one. So in community with each other, pray for other people. See, have you ever heard of like the term kind of a prayer closet or or something like that? It's this term that we go like, I need to go off kind of by myself, turn down the lights, you know, light the incense, turn on the music, and like that's when I can pray. And I think that that can be a a good thing. It's a very intimate and private thing to pray. But James is making sure it's abundantly clear that prayer is a community thing too. It's something that we do together. We think prayer is like only me and nobody else can know. A lot of people have told me that they don't love talking and praying in front of other people because like, I don't know how to do it. I'm like, you do, you do because you can talk. And that's all prayer is, is talking to God and with God and listening to God. So James is saying, look, if you love people well, which is a part of the book of James, if you love each other, an amazing way to love them is to pray with them and to pray for them. Now, have you ever like responded to somebody like I'll pray for you? Or have you ever like hashtag thoughts and Prayer, it, you know, or something like that on, online or anything like that? Here's my, here's kind of just my side note. When you say that you're gonna pray for somebody, like James is saying, here's my encouragement, actually pray with them. Like right there, like do it. Or if you're texting somebody and you're like, hey, you know, I'm praying for you, two sentences, dear God, and pray with them right there. What an amazing way to love each other, to do it in community with one another. It really does reveal what's going on in our heart. It's not just a way to get out of the situation. I know that we use it for that sometimes. We're like, oh, that's really hard. I'll pray for you. And they're like, bye. Pray with each other. He also says, in faith. Not only is it important to kind of pray with and for each other, but James is reminding us, hey, it's an act of faith. Like, God is in this. Praying is a way to interact with God, to communicate with him. And God's not going to answer a prayer that's not in accordance with what he wants, with his will. And some people will kind of read these verses in James, and they go, well, it's about healing, right? Like, it's about being sick, Like you pray and then, like it says it right there. Well, we miss the in faith part of things. We go, we pray and we get what we want? No, no. It says pray in faith. Pray according to God's will. So in our prayer lives, as we talk to God, do you use the phrase like your will be done? God, here's what I'm thinking. Here's what I need. Here's my circumstances. He knows all that. You can tell him but say your will be done, help me align to what you want me to do. It's okay to pray for what you need and even what you want, but James is reminding us, look, it's God's will here in faith. I think it's important to say just because God doesn't answer your prayer doesn't mean that you aren't faith-filled. You ever interacted with somebody like that? It's like you just pray harder. Pray, pray more, believe, have more faith. Maybe that's what you need to do, but really I think God is able, but he doesn't always answer our prayers the way that we would hope he would answer our prayers, right? So when you pray and when he doesn't do it, it doesn't mean that you aren't a legit follower of Jesus. It just means you can continue to pray in faith. Your will be done, God, not mine. Just means it wasn't his will. He still loves you, still there. So it says, hey, do it together in community with one another. He also says, in faith, my will be done. Here's another one in Jesus' name, in the name of the Lord. See, it's not up to us. Praying is, in Jesus' name kind of points us to the fact that we aren't the one answering prayers. You ever thought about that? Like, I'm not the one. You're not the one. We don't, that's not how it works. Here, I'll prove it to you. God, please rain down a million dollars. Nope. If I could just do it, that would have been awesome, right? You'd be like, you're like, oh, we lost it. I couldn't have continued. Like, everything I say is like, it's like, wouldn't say it, but could he have though? Yeah. See, this is a reminder of how much God can do in the name of Jesus See, if he can conquer death on a cross, that's kind of the whole point of Jesus. If he can heal, which he can, if he can forgive sins where we fall short, if he can make things right in our lives, he can provide in all sorts of different ways. If he can create the universe, he can make it rain when Elijah prays. And we pray in the name of Jesus because... It's Jesus that answers these prayers as a part of who we are. It's on our behalf. It's God's will be done. James even goes as far as reminding us, hey, remember your mistakes? Remember where you fall short? Remember where you mess up? Remember your sin? You don't do that on your own. You don't get forgiven for that just because you do good stuff. You can't stack it up. That's not how it works. It's in Jesus' name. He says it right there. Like, hey, it's in Jesus' name. You're forgiven because of Jesus' So he's saying, pray with other people and pray in faith that God's will will be done and pray it in Jesus' name. And then James adds one more aspect and he goes one further than I kind of want him to. Because this one is a doozy, remember? He says, and confess. And I read that and I'm like, no, I'm good. No, thanks. I don't really want to do that. Or we have like weird images in our head of what it means to confess and interact. Here's one image that I have in my head. It's like an interrogation room, you know, with like, with, like detectives and there's like a swinging single light over you. I don't know why they don't like light detective rooms better, but they don't. And, and it's like, where were you? And like, oh, you can't handle it. And like, prove it. You know, all that stuff. That's kind of this image that I have in confession. It's sick in here. I understand. It's It's weird. But I think part of the point here is we, we don't really want to do this. Right? Like we don't want to talk about where we fall short, our mistakes, our weakness. I've been on board so far praying all circumstances, pray in faith, pray with other people. But what does me owning up to my mistake and sin and telling other people? Because it doesn't say just to God or just like magically like write it down, it says confess your sins to each other. No. And we don't want to do that. What does that have to do with anything? So let's break it down a little bit. Because I've, I've heard people talk about these verses in James about kind of the, this word right here, the healed word. They think all of this is only about getting healed from sickness, kind of like from physical things. And God is able and he can do that. But remember the rest of what James is talking about. This isn't about praying and getting what we want. This isn't about praying and doing it on our own. This is about praying in faith, praying for God's will to be done, praying to love God and love others as a result of living out our relationship with Jesus. So I think he's talking about being healed from illness, and that we can pray for that. If it's God's will, he'll answer. But I also think he's talking about something else. I think he's talking about another type of healing, the reason that he brings in confession. I think he's talking about healing relationships. See James is saying do you have hard stuff going on in your life If you have something hard going on in your life it impacts other people too We know that's true it Impacts our family Impacts our relationships our work relationships just other people that we interact with It impacts other people and James is talking about all of these things. If you read the kind of the letter that James writes, it's, he says this over and over again. He says, hey, those things in your life, the way that you interact, the way that you talk to one another, if you play favorites, if you fight, if you slander, if you judge, if you argue, all of those ways that hard stuff in your life impacts other people. And confession begins the process of owning our mistakes, even in a relationship. It doesn't say just to confess your sins like into into the magic land. It doesn't say even just to God. I think that's good. To each other, confession begins to heal relationships. And oftentimes, because of the stuff we, we go through in life, it impacts our relationships with each other, but it also impacts our relationship with God, doesn't it? We're going through something hard, and we begin to doubt God. Are you even there? We begin to blame God. Like, what are you doing? We begin to bargain. Like, all right, man. Like, here, if you just do this, I'll do this. If you do this, we try to manipulate him. We try to talk him into it. And James gets in our face and says, no, confess where you fall short. Confess your sin. Confess where you make mistakes. Acknowledge all of these things. Interact with them together Believe that your relationships need help. Believe that your spiritual life needs help. That is a way that we can live out our faith. Who does that? People who follow Jesus. That's it. Who in the world would be okay with saying, this is where I fall short. I messed up so bad there. We've got to figure this out. People who follow Jesus. Your prayer life reveals your faith life. So what's your prayer life revealing to you today? You might go, I don't, I don't even know how to do it. I don't even know if I believe all this stuff. Well, That reveals something, doesn't it? Do you pray in all circumstances? Why, why not? Do you pray in community with others? Why, why not? Do you pray in faith? Do you say God's will be done or my will be done? You pray in Jesus' name, like He's a part of this at all? Do you confess? Do you pray in that way? Do you say, "No, I got to own up on this"? See, your prayer life reveals your faith life, and prayer is an act of faith. Why in the world would we do it if it wasn't for Jesus? If it wasn't for our relationship with God, we wouldn't. It's a way we answer the question, "How do I love God and love others?" By praying and he tells us when to pray, and he tells us how to pray, and he also tells us why to pray. Let's look back at verse 16. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I pray in community, pray in faith, pray in Jesus' name, pray in confession, pray in all circumstances. It's an act of faith. It's a way we live out this legit relationship with God. It's a way to show your love for God and love for others. Here's another way of saying it. The prayer of a legit follower of Jesus is powerful and effective. It's an act of faith. And in faith, as we pray, God does amazing things. Can you imagine you prayed a prayer that made something happen like ending a -a three-and-a-half-year drought Here's what James says right after this. He actually talks about Elijah. That's what he says. Elijah was as human as we are. And yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. See, Elijah's just a regular person, just like me and you, prayed in accordance with God's will and it didn't rain for three and a half years. And then he prayed again, and it starts to rain. Elijah can't make it rain. Only God can. He prayed, and God answered. Imagine your faith filled prayers being answered. What's going on in your life? Is there something hard? Is there something that you're like, I don't know what I'm going to do? I don't know where I'm going to turn. I don't know how I'm going to make it through this, God. It's only in you. Imagine the peace that God can bring in the middle of parenting or fostering a child or adoption or getting ready for back to school. And you go like, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I don't know how to do that. And God says, I can. Imagine a loved one in addiction and they've tried to do it on their own in their own power. But then all of a sudden there's this faith filled prayer and they get the help that they need because of the power that God has in our weakness. Imagine the crashing and burdening finances and we don't know where to go and how to get out of it. And we try and we've done all the stuff. We've done the budgets. We've done the Dave Ramsey stuff. We just, it's just still there. We don't know what to do. We don't know how to get in front of it. And then all of a sudden, we begin this faith-filled prayer and it, sh- it happens, not because we figured it out, not in our power, not in our wisdom, in God's wisdom. Imagine the hope that's found in the middle of the mental illness and the darkness of depression, and we don't know how to get out of it. We don't know what to do. God does. Imagine a relationship that you thought was beyond repair. You don't know what to do. You can't do it in your power. You're right, you can't. God can. He shows up with joy and with hope and with peace and with kindness and with gentleness and with faithfulness and with self-control. He shows up. A prayer of a legit follower of Jesus is powerful and effective, not because we have the power, but because God hears us and he loves us and he wants what's best for us. A prayer of a legit follower of Jesus is powerful and effective. A prayer in all circumstances, a prayer with other people in community, a prayer in faith because God shows up, not us. He's answering the prayer, not us. In Jesus' name, in confession, reminding us that we fall short. A prayer that's heard by the creator of the very universe Prayer is an example of living out a legit faith. That's why I think James ends with it. And it's an example of loving God and loving people. So today, here's kind of my challenge to you. Do you want that type of relationship with Jesus? Do you want your faith to be legit? I challenge you to commit to praying every day over the next week. Now, there might be some of you like, I already do that. Well, this is my encouragement to you. Like, well done, that's awesome. But also do it in the way that James kind of was talking about with other people in Jesus' name, thinking about that in faith, even confessing before you even get on all that. And maybe you go, "I I don't know how to do this. I've never really done this, or I only pray occasionally. If you've never prayed before, if you do it all the time, I encourage you, find a moment to intentionally, thoughtfully focus your heart and your mind on God. And every day this week, every single day, pray. Talk to Him. Confess to Him. Ask Him, what's your will in this? What do you want me to do every day all week? Find a few minutes and pray. And here's what I believe. I believe it in the heart of hearts. I believe it in my soul that a prayer of a legit follower of Jesus really is powerful and effective. So if you take this time, something's going to happen. I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know all the things. I don't know all the burdens. I don't know all the good and the bad and the ebb and the flow. I don't know all of it. But I believe that if you pray every day in faith, sincerely, God is gonna show up. I believe it in big ways. And those prayers are gonna be powerful and effective, not because of who you are, but because of who God is. And who knows? Maybe there's one of us who are here today that you feel like you've been in a drought for three and a half years. Maybe even just the last week feels like it's been three and a half years and your soul is dry and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn, so you pray in faith with other people. And I believe it's powerful, and I believe it's effective, and I believe that that three-and-a-half-year drought can go because God can make it rain. I believe it. A prayer of a legit follower of Jesus is powerful and effective. would like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, I'm so thankful for your love. I'm so thankful for the way that you take care of us even when we don't see it. I'm so thankful that no matter what we have going on in our lives, the hurt, the joy, the good, the bad, the ugly, whatever, that you're there in all circumstances. You're already working. You're already there. You already love us. And that you even invite us into that deep, wonderful relationship with you and that we have the opportunity to say right now, as we are together, we're not praying, it's not just me praying, we're praying together. That we ask for your will to be done in our lives, in our communities, in our families, at work, at home, no matter where we are, no matter what we do, that we might be able to live out this legit faith, this faith that changes things, this faith that makes it rain in the middle of a drought when there's no reason that it should other than you. That we pray in faith saying it's you, it's not us. That we confess that sometimes we fall short. Sometimes we don't know how to turn to you. Sometimes even when we are turning to you, we're not doing it. Like you can actually do something about what's going on in our lives or what's going on in our hearts, or what's going on in our minds. And we pray boldly right now for you to heal people, you to heal relationships, you to heal our relationship with you because you can and you are able and you are there. And we say all of this because of the cross, we say all of this because of Jesus and that example that Jesus has made for us already, that he's made that relationship right, that we can pray in Jesus' name. Amen.